1: Today we're going to discuss finding the right resources for your business. Joining us is Natalie Furness, who is the Managing Director of NIAM, which is an agency on a mission to give businesses more time to make their impact by building world-class automated customer experiences for sales and marketing. By harnessing the latest technology innovations and the best creative minds, NIAM builds online experiences that close more high-value deals and build better brand loyalty. Yesterday, Natalie and I started our conversation talking about how fractional CMO relationships work. And today we're going to talk about marketing B2B to C marketing places. All right. On with my conversation with Natalie Furness, Managing Director of Niam. Natalie, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast.
2: Great to be back.
1: Excited to have you back on the show. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about fractional CMOing, setting your executive strategy and, and paying for the right resources. Today, I want to shift our focus a little bit more into an area of expertise that you have that I think most people haven't necessarily thought about, the rising business class of B2B to C marketplaces. Talk to me about, A, how do you define a B2B to C marketplace?
2: I suppose defining a B2B to C marketplace, I mean, it's any marketplace in which you have two stakeholders that have very, very different wants, needs, ambitions, and motivations. You will usually have a buyer side and you usually have a seller side and you tend to be the technology in the middle. And somehow you have to get both of them together, even though they have very different wants and needs.
1: That explains to me the notion of the marketplace dynamic, right? Buyers and sellers, and they have different needs. Let's go into another level of detail talking about the second 2C component, where I understand what a B2B marketplace is. There is a marketplace where a business is buying from another business. The b 2 b to c is confusing to me because there's a business-to-business marketplace selling to businesses that sell to consumers. Am I thinking about it the right way?
2: Yeah, so I suppose it's probably easier if I give you an example for context. So I worked for a property tech company in actually over in QA, and their challenge was they wanted to be the platform to provide letting contracts in terms of they wanted to connect big property companies with tenants. So the tenants are the CPOP, the customers, the standard people that are kind of shopping around to understand where they want to live, the consumer. But rather than going for individuals, they actually wanted to connect with large property management companies So they could actually onboard a large number of properties onto their platform at the same time to supply the customers.
1: What pops into my head when you're describing this is like an insurance comparison website where their job is to onboard all of the insurance companies to get them to market their rates. But the end consumer is the one shopping for the relationship with the business, And to me, that inherently means that the service that is marketing these companies, that middle B, is really just kind of a lead gen or a product comparison website. Is that a B2B2C marketplace? I suppose that
2: could be one form of them because your inventory would become the relationships with the insurance companies. So you would have to provide marketing to build that relationship with them, to attract them to have that relationship with you. And then you would be communicating with the direct customers. I suppose you could look at it from a recruitment job point of view, where you're actually going out to businesses who have jobs available, which you actually want to acquire those jobs to put on your platform and then market them to customers. That's another way of looking at it. So it's a way of connecting businesses with their customers. And effectively, you're in the middle.
1: All right. So talk to me a little bit about the marketing practices for this sort of, I don't want to call it middleware type business, but when you're facilitating the relationship between a business and their customers.
2: I suppose from a marketing practice point of view, what I have learned from working with lots of companies who try and approach this is that they don't necessarily always start at the point that they need to. So they will focus maybe on both sides and try and do both, but not so well, or they will focus on one side and then not the other. And then they have a deal flow issue and it's kind of finding that balance. So very early on in developing any sort of B2B to C marketplace it's understanding what's going to drive activity on your platform. And it's coming up with that ratio. So how many businesses do we need to build relationships for first before we attract the customers? and making sure that you have really, really thought about like the inventory first. So what's actually going to attract customers to you before then pushing out communications to the customers. I've seen it kind of like done the other way around, but not so successfully. If you're looking at inventory models, I mean, this is almost more of a C2C platform. If you take Airbnb as an example... Their first focus was to get hosts to really list effectively their business, which is their...
1: Their couches. Yeah,
2: their couches. They're seen as the business side. I mean, people are making a lot of money by just running whole businesses, by letting tons of apartments and then subletting them as Airbnbs. So building relationships with the hosts first before they then onboard the customers. And I think it's important in the marketing side to really understand when you get running, exactly what ratio you need as you get more customers coming on. What you don't want is you don't want there to be not enough businesses to fulfill their requirements. I mean, in the insurance space, it's a little bit different because you're not dealing with something that necessarily runs out. If one insurance company could fulfill all your customers, that's quite different to maybe a prop tech company where actually it's focused on listings that then run out. So it's getting that balance, right?
1: So you've got this marketplace dynamic where you need enough supply to be able to fill the consumer's need, but you need the consumers to attract the supply. Again, these are always the problems of marketplaces where you need participation from both sides. And when you're first starting out, that could be a problem. Let's say in this you know, fictitious scenario, we're setting up of our insurance company or our competitor, I guess Airbnb isn't b to c but the insurance company that we're using, we have enough supply. There is an insurance company or multiple insurance companies that can send an infinite number of policies, and now we need to go attract. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi, who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost effective. the consumers. Talk to me about the marketing strategies and challenges of that B2B2C marketplace.
2: Well, the first thing to say is it would depend on where your marketplace is. Is it a web or is it a mobile app? Because again, they're quite different. And actually driving traffic to a mobile app is actually much easier these days than driving it to a web-based platform. And I've actually seen more companies succeed when they're focused on apps rather than just web-based marketplaces.
1: Hang on, I got to dive in here. Why? Why do you see that mobile activity or traffic is easier to get than web-based traffic? So
2: we've had great success in terms of utilizing some of the Google ad campaigns focused predominantly on, on apps. So Google has a function where you can literally focus on app downloads and convert straight from there and drive traffic for people to download their apps. And actually, when people have gone through that effort of downloading an app, signing up for an app you know that they're going to be a marketing qualified lead and they actually are downloading it because they want to use it. And they're at least going to have a look around and browse on it. And particularly for the prop tech sector, we have found that, that that worked really, really well. I wouldn't necessarily say it would work for every market, though I think it's worth bearing in mind the use case that you're dealing with first before you decide which platform to go with and where the customers like to go to search for things. So if we take insurance for an example, lots of people like to browse and get comparisons with those. So that would be an ungated website that you'd be looking at more than an app download with people like Airbnb focuses on their app. And that's where you sort of go and browse those things. And they do really well with that. Whereas insurance, compare the markets, things like that, they are required to be more web-based. So first of all, understanding How it's going to be easiest for people to experience the solution that you're offering is the first port of call. It is worth thinking about mobile first, though. I'm going to put that out there just because Google is really focused on its um, search engine optimization around mobile first platforms. So if you're not exploring mobile first stuff, it's definitely worth looking at it.
1: It's not even mobile first now. It's they're going to the mobile only crawl. Google is essentially saying that everything you have to do has to be centered around mobile.
2: For sure while that's not necessarily related to super historic companies, it's definitely, if you're a new company, that is something to really, really focus on. Then you need to think about your company like a B2C company, as in you really need to be thinking about like, what is actually going to drive consumers to our brand? Like what did they actually want from us? What problems are we solving? And then it becomes a standard B2C marketing strategy where you need to truly understand the pain points of the customers, understand their behaviors online. If you're focusing on digital marketing, understanding where they're going to be searching or looking for these things and build up your search engine optimization so that you appear when they search and express intent for your product. You then also need to look at leveraging other channels, whether that be ads, whether that be social media and really look at, I think, multi-channel marketing is really the way forwards. You can't just focus on one channel online. You need to be running campaigns across multiple touch points so you can really stay in front of the customer's mind. So you kind of get known like we are the platform, if we're talking about insurance, that we go to to look for insurance.
1: I think that you hit a good point here in terms of you started with the organic and the SEO search engine optimization as a tactic. And One of the things with marketplace models is that if you're able to build the supply, yes, it will take time to cultivate the organic growth channels, but you should have a fair amount of inventory. If you're structuring your marketplace correctly, that means that you should have a fair amount of content. And so SEO becomes a very valuable tool. If you look at some of the biggest marketplaces in the world, eBay is, I'd even throw Amazon in there, Airbnb, you mentioned huge websites. Huge websites means lots of organic traffic, which means relatively low cost per acquisition. And so that's what's really interesting to me about this b 2 b to c model is that you can take a business-to-business problem, connecting a business with their consumers, but you can lower the cost by aggregating all of them, creating a lot of content, and hopefully that helps you meet demand where supply is.
2: Sure. And to follow up on that, like if you learn how to empower the businesses on your platform to create good content, then they're creating the content for you and they are going to be complementing your marketing strategy. If you make it easy for when they're on board to fill out lots of details about themselves, if you kind of guide them along that content generation where they're almost building your search engine optimization for you, then those relationships with those businesses can really boost your search engine optimization for sure.
1: I think it's a great tip. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Natalie Furness, the Managing Director of NIAM. Join us for the third part of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow when Natalie and I talk about leveraging HubSpot for marketing automation. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Natalie, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is Natalie underscore Fern. That's N-A-T-A-L-I-E underscore F-U-R-N. Or you could visit her company's website, which is niammarketing.com. Marketing, N-I-A-M